0: Welcome to another edition of Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki. As usual, I'm Max. And I'm Nikki. And together we're... Max and Nikki! On today's episode, we'll be talking about growing up. Change. What it means to us to grow up and how uh, we view growing up. Do we view it positively, negatively, um, or neutrally. Or neutrally. Um, and not just growing up, but change. So change, how people change. Well, you I suppose know, with we'll, growing how, older, we're always growing older. And so change is always, it's always happening. Sure, but um, we we will also be talking about change. But it's sort of change, change major change, change. But But change as in the change <laughs> you see in people that were once one way and they are not that way anymore right um anyway before we get to that we have some station business uh our next vintage basement with max and nicky show will be on march 19th monday march 19th as usual at under saint mark's theater in the east village in manhattan new york at 9 p.m we got a great lineup for you including michael costa from the daily show Louis, Louis Katz, Katz from This Is Not Happening, Emmy Blotnick from The President Show and At Midnight, and Andy Haynes, uh, who you've seen on Comedy Central. You've also seen uh, all of them on Comedy Central. You've all seen all of them on other uh, other things. things as well. You know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's a great Louis' work can be seen also more re- most recently on True TV, right? With sure. Guy Branham's show. Yeah, yeah. Um, we also have special guest comic. Nikon Hamati on the show. So it's going to be a very exciting show, uh, one that will sell out. So you better get your tickets while you still can. Tackets. Get your tickets at com slash vintage dash dash. slash vintage dash basement. Get your tickets at dash. Or uh, horsetrade.info. Or just go to it's and simple And you'll find the appropriate links and it's easy, and you're going to have a fun time on March 19th. Uh, Just to let you guys know, uh, the Oscars were yesterday, and we will debrief on the winners of that next week, because um, we are actually recording recording this before before the Oscars, Oscars, and we don't know who the winners are. Um, But in any event, I suppose... Not that I really care, to be honest. This is... I I, guess... well, I actually really don't care about the Oscars this year. Well... To be fair, I haven't watched many of the movies that are. I've watched contenders. I've watched. Uh, I've watched a good amount, but not all of them. You've not watched a good amount. No, yes, I have. I have. Well, what have you watched? I've seen The Post. I've seen Call Me by Your Name. Oh, you I've seen Coco. I saw. You did. Uh, that's not. That's a contender for best picture. No, it's best animated feature. Well, duh, it's probably going to win. Um, you know, I've seen. Uh, other things that, for some reason, uh, no, remain nameless seen, right now. You didn't see a lot, Nikki. Come I on. saw it, but I seen Mother, which maybe should have been that nominated. That wasn't nominated. Should have been nominated. Yeah, but there was a lot that was not... No- I mean, that was a lot you oh, didn't Oh, I watch. saw Dunkirk. I saw Dunkirk. But um, in any event, you still I didn't also watch. saw Beauty and the Beast. That's not nominated for this yes, picture. Nomi- it has, has some nominations. Um, I also saw... Oh. All right, Nikki, we I've don't have to go I've seen some po- the I've seen some movies. Oh, what are you talking about? I saw um Get Out. I saw, you know, uh Lady Bird. Um I saw that other movie. Um, you didn't see The Florida the, Project. The Big Sick. I saw The Big Sick. You didn't see The Florida Project. You didn't see uh what are those? Yeah, Phantom okay, yeah. Phantom Menace. No, I know. There's ones that hopefully by hopefully by well by next week, I will have seen them, which would be The Phantom Thread and The Florida Project. I would like to see those movies. Right, um, but... And, and, and what I about guess Shape of Water? You I don't really care to watch that. And to be honest, I want to watch this Three Billboards movie only because it's so... It seems to be contentious in yeah, terms I mean, of people's opinions. Either people or... really love it or people really hate it. Same with I, Mother. That was I, how Mother was, it seemed. Mother, uh, I didn't love it. But I didn't hate it. I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. But well, uh, I actually thought it was fine. Uh, I thought it was. <laughs> but well, I, I thought didn't- it was fine. I thought, if anything, though, it was visually stimulating and it was an engaging discussion af- post the movie. Yeah. So not post the post movie, <laughs> movie the post. But, it was- but after the movie, it was very fun to analyze. Sure. Um, I will argue maybe that more fun to the, an, more fun to analyze than to watch. Perhaps I maybe? will say that most most of the movies that were nominated this year that I've seen should not have been nominated for Best Picture. They just don't have that Best Picture quality. Well, I gotta I do say think, call, I do think Call Me by Your Name should have been nominated, and because uh, that it was a good picture. And sure, but it, it was seems well by by many that have watched a lot of the, all the movies. Many people I know think this is probably one of the worst years for the best pictures. Who says that? For Who's the, many. Who says many to, to you? Who saw who who are the many that have said that to you? Brand. Yeah. Laura. Okay. <laughs> and Dominic, I think. No, I know, but look, it does seem like the caliber is not quite equal to those pictures years of last, last year. Last year's pictures were a lot better. Um, in fact, I do think La La Land will go down in history as one of the best films of the 2010s. But Moonlighting was also a great film. Sure. Um, it's Moonlight. I just say Moonlighting. But, you know, but, um, you know I, I venture to think that... It uh, just seems like... Billboards movie, I probably am not going to like it. I've seen the previews. But, hey, I could be wrong. You know? I wanna see it. Some people really liked it though, actually. But you know what? I gotta trust my uh the people closest to me and the people close to me. Well no, you gotta trust yourself and watch I gotta it trust yourself. my gut. Hey, you know what? You're right. And you know what? I'll watch it, but I'm not Nicky, entirely interested in watching it. That's hey, the problem, is that's you know, the so that problem was with a, a lot of these movies this the, year, is that I wasn't really interested in really going to see it. To watch them. I actually don't think I was interested in seeing Maybe almost all of them. Yeah, I don't, I'm not really interested in seeing most of them. But I will say, last year, La La Land, I was especially interested in watching I that, too. Even before I saw it, because the trailers... No, no, what the, of course you were interested in seeing it before you saw it. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> the trailers were very captivating, and it really made you want to see that. That movie, it really did. I mean, look, uh, we are musical fans in any event, so not of all musicals. No, we I know musical but cr- critics in a lot of ways. You know, we 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 don't like all musicals. That Actually, I would fact, say I, I probably don't like most musicals. I, I said I would say I don't like most musicals. But then again, with the same that same thing goes for. Do I like most movies though? Well, what's, you would. I would argue that I don't like most art, but well, I do like a lot of art, but. Okay, that, of course, I mean, you should be discerning. Otherwise, then your vow, your judgment means nothing, really. Then. Well, but that's yeah. the thing is some people are not so discerning. Well, then they wouldn't be good critics, maybe, because then they wouldn't, I suppose, then they're, they're uh, how could you follow, how could you seek their advice if they have, you know, oh. have, there's a certain measurement of taste, you know, uh, for you know what that person uh, thinks of is good taste, and that's based on what movies they like. And if they like all things, then how could you measure? Well, we're what, not just talking what about their movies, taste though. is. You know, you know, it's funny. When we were on the subway before, we saw these kids. They were talking about this girl was singing like a song from Dear Evan Hansen, and they were talking about how much they loved it. And then they started talking about Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of the Opera, by the way, is my favorite musical. Um, I don't know if it's my favorite musical, but you do. It's one of your favorites. Sure, I and, mean, but anyway, my anyway, my my experience watching kids, it was not my these favorite. These were talking of about Phantom the Opera, musical. and they hadn't ever seen it. That before. was that was not the musical itself's fault. It was the people they, behind it. Max. Okay, they hadn't ever seen it before. These kids, and but they said that they were like talking about it and how like they heard it wasn't that good, and I was thinking to myself, these kids are so stupid, and it was like wow, this is really how musical theater is influencing the younger generation in a bad way that they would, they would hear from their peers that Phantom of the Opera, which is the best musical, would be not good. And, you know, I had to interject in their conversation because I just had to open up their eyes, their minds, their minds, their mind's eyes. And I had to tell them, look, Phantom of the Opera is the best musical of all time and they knew the music too, and they knew the music was good and catchy, and uh it just certainly a lot better than the musicals that they were singing on the subway. It was so they were so such musical theater kids. It was really I know it's kind of a, pretty it, cheesy. They're was, was really it was cheesy. Too, it was I like mean, oh boy, but God, they were singing was, these Dear Evan Hansen songs, and I thought, wow, these songs suck. They're so bad. They're they're cheesy, and uh, I feel like these. Uh, I mean, you know, you like what you want. I don't. I haven't uh, seen. I haven't look. I haven't uh, seen that musical personally. I don't know, but I've heard the music. The, no, Max, uh, we can talk about it. Look, Laura talks about. She they review movies on every episode. You know, it's that's just, true. That's true. Look, look. I will. I will say we will reserve judgment on the musical as a whole until we've seen it. Yeah, but but, but as far from as what the music I've goes, heard, from what I've heard so far of the music. It's not to my liking personally. It's actually very cheesy, and uh, even the previews—if the previews mean anything—they they have one song that is you know highlights the previews, and it's really really bad. It's like generic, um, it's generic, uh, mediocre versions of bad contemporary pop songs. Right. So imagine a contemporary pop song. But then, an even worse version of that somehow right, exactly, um, I mean, well, it's not just that it's also there's some sort of cheesiness in in adding a narrative to those pop songs you know I don't know there's something really anyway, know. but it's also the way they sing to um, it's all encompassing on, on how bad it is, and this is the kind of stuff that's influencing this younger generation of musical theater actors but you know and what? I don't like that you know I don't what? like that they're not uh, I and I was just I told They're not these being kids, exposed to other I, I told stuff, these kids, "Look, go see Phantom the Opera." I also told them go see The Fantastics if but I don't you know, it wasn't showing I, anymore. It right? wasn't showing anymore, but I told them check it out cuz those were those are really great and I think those are the musicals that are going to be more timeless than any other musical, you know. Well, I mean, they kind of are timeless in the sense that they've endured so long actually i mean, I mean the phantom of the opera is the longest running broadway show and fan of all phantom, time. the the fantastics the is the running, longest running musical of all time actually sure, yeah the fantastics and phantom of the opera fan, fan. Uh, but with that <laughs> said are my, my personal favorite music to musical i would i would have i would have to say is west side story is what size? Is what size story? Is what size story? Is what size, size, size story? No. Is what size? That story. was not good. No, like though. It's like it's like scorch. Like, you, 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 like go, go like go to Mulholland. I think like I think like all you need really is, is potential. potential. Like that's all you need in life is potential because like. You, Do you're like Scott Scorch. Like man. you come down, you go down to Mahollin. Mahollin. You go down to Mahollin. You creep on over to Mahollin. Uh, there was this guy Wait. we met before, and um I was beatboxing at the time. And he's like, Damn, man, you like Scott Scorch, dude. <laughs> like, you could you could beatbox, You, box, you got potential. You got potential. And I then think all you need is started, potential. He started getting really philosophical, and he started saying, like. I think all you need is potential. Like, like, man, you got potential. Like, I think that's all you need, right? Like in life, that's all you need is potential. He was trying to look to like everyone in, in the group. Like we were talking with him. He's like, that's all you need, right? Is potential, right? He's like, that's really all you need is potential. And, and we're just and thinking, we're like, no, no, you need you more need than potential. You actually work a hard. A lot of people have potential. You need motivation, and you need to actually work hard. Yeah. It was just really a funny situation. But he, he also kept, kept pronouncing Mulholland, which is a street... Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive, which is a, a street, a long road and winding road in, in the hills of Los Angeles, and... Uh, He kept calling it Mahalan. (laughs) Mahalan. He kept kept pronouncing, emphasizing the wrong letter in that. This was on our prom night, actually. I know. What a weird ending to a prom night. Yeah, it was very weird. Uh, In any event, um, Uh, anyway, that was an interesting thing. Anyway, just the whole- Anyway, so West Side Story, I got to say, that is by many people's- can say that that is one of the the music to that is okay. a masterpiece. Okay. okay, it truly is. I mean, Leonard okay. Bernstein. Max, I mean, let's get okay. real. Okay, 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 we get it. But uh, but in any the minute, point is the point you is, know, is uh, I don't even remember. Oh yeah, the point is uh, I don't trust a lot of people's opinions these days because I don't know how to measure a year in the life. Uh, how do you measure a year? All right, Uh, maybe I should cut that. Uh, No, uh, I just don't know how to uh, sort of measure sort of somebody's uh, capability Uh, or capacity to give a good critique and be able to critique well a piece of art. Well, I know, can I just tell you, you were talking about the younger generation, but the thing is... Even our current, our generation. Even our older, generation prior and before that even, Generation X it's people just uh, people do like for instance Stephen Colbert seems to praise I mean look again I will reserve my judgment it. of the musical Jerevin Hansen, until I see it but, but it's p- like people I, of any age are don't have as discerning of an eye as you say Max and that is a problem I, I think I don't know what it is I mean maybe I'm wrong maybe it is a good musical maybe it was just well certainly the music is not good I know. <laughs> and the performers are not good either. I know, too. I gotta say, I mean, well, shh, I, cut that part out. You got to cut that out. I don't like I don't want to bash at least no, don't bash the performers performer. do sing in a very cheesy kind of way. I know, but I just We can tr- critique the performances of people. Sorry. That is I know, but look, I don't They want might be doing good that. actors in general, but the, their performances at least from what I've seen in clips are is just Downright cheesy. I, I just don't I don't like doing that. Oh Max, come off it. Who's gonna hear, you know? I mean God. Well someday. Someday. Oh Max, just be be real. I mean guy, can you just be real for once? I don't like it. You know a lot of people didn't dislike Siskel and Ebert because they just they didn't like them. Oh, come on. Laura talks about stuff in her podcast, you know? I know, but I just, you know... <laughs> you talking about a lot of people didn't like Siskel and Ebert. What are you talking about? They didn't like them because they curti- they just had a problem with them harshly criticizing their films No, when they pe- didn't know what it was like, you know? No, but we do know what it's like. We do. And also, uh, Siskel and Ebert, I don't like them, not because they, they because of their lack of experience as filmmakers or in in film in working in film i really didn't uh like him as much because they don't quite understand they don't they couldn't grasp a certain sense of humor or just sense of sensibility se, just a sensibility that was sort of uh might be more uh Abstract, abstract, or something, or absurd. They 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 seem to not understand an absurd sensibility. Yet they do like certain things, like Wayne's World. It it just, I really do think that. But they probably your 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 opinion of a film is dependent on your mood and just the state of mind you're in at the time. It's true. Because you know, I was they, watching- sometimes they like things that I'm like, I'm surprised they like this. And then at times they don't like something that I would think is a, of a similar sensibility and they don't like it. And I'm like, I don't get it. How can you like this, but not this? I'll you give know? you an example. I was watching, which is considered by many one of the best episodes of The Simpsons. Uh, I was watching Marge versus the monorail last night. And- monorail. I said monorail. Monorail. But I, for some reason, look, I was very tired while I was watching it. And I don't know, maybe I just wasn't thinking it was as funny as some of the other episodes that season, like Last Exit to Springfield, which is really funny. And I don't know, maybe it was just my state of mind at the moment, because I had seen that one in the past and thought it was really funny, I don't know, you know. Uh, maybe I. Well, it's interesting. you Maybe say that, I need Max, to rewatch it again. It's interesting you, know? you say that because, or maybe last I, night I was watching that episode, "Last Exit to Springfield," which I was watching some of it with you the other night, and I was laughing a lot at it. But last night I was straight up falling asleep while watching it, and or I was in a tired state and I wasn't laughing as much at that episode, right? They're, yeah, I mean, you know, your state of mind could. And just be. I, I imagine that you know, Obviously film, film critics—they're always watching movies. That's their job, and so it's they—they—they they, they could be watching movies on a bad day for them, like. But right. they just have to watch the movie, you know, and um, that's tough. That's that's always a tough thing, and it's always a tough thing for. I mean, movies are a little bit different because you could just rewatch them and they're the same thing. But if it's another. Let's say a critic is coming out to a performance of yours, or a critic is coming to review some uh, a restaurant. It's all dependent on that one performance and that one that one night at that restaurant, and that critic is going to review it based on that one thing. And it's like, oh, what a shame, you know. It's it's really, like really, really you know, vicious. Cisco and Eber. They even you know. I was watching an episode of At the Movies with Siskel and Ebert, and they were reviewing the movie King of Comedy. And they were talking about how—Roger uh, Ebert was talking about how he didn't even like it the first time he saw it, and that he won again. And then he started to get it a little bit more and actually thought it was a very effective movie, actually. Um, and— I still don't think they understood the sense of humor in it because it is very funny. That Sandra Bernhardt is very funny. Well, it's didn't very even, funny. They Didn't even talk about her. It's in not that just review. that. It's very. It's just a well acted and also. I think it's an an, some, very interesting. I think what put people off one is that you have to identify with a crazy person actually, which is an interesting. No, but that thing, was that. That's the thing is like. Uh, that, that's he's the, the thing he's, with taxi driver as well. He's a, that is true. That is true. But, well, while. In, in Taxi Driver, there is some... He's kind of an antihero, and he has some redeeming qualities, maybe a little bit, you know, because uh, he end up, he does end up doing kind of, in a weird way, kind of the right thing. He does the right thing in a weird way, but it's also kind of, you know, you're, the means in which he does it is also kind of a... An well, anyway, thing. we're going off... But, uh, I should say, we're but in King this. of Comedy, this guy is just, ha- he's just nuts, you know. There's no... He's not grounded at all, you know? Um But I, I that happens to be my favorite Martin Scorsese film and one of my favorite movies of all time. In fact, it's very funny, and I think it's Robert De Niro's best performance as an actor in that he's movie. Very, he's very good um, in it. But I do think, actually, it takes a certain art... It takes experience in the arts to appreciate and understand certain sensibilities. I think if you don't have that experience then you don't you can't quite grasp certain sensibilities, I well, feel. Well, I don't know about that actually. I don't know about that. Well, maybe you're right. Maybe you could I just think- be maybe you just are well versed in in the history of something and you you can just appreciate it from that level, you know. I mean, you know, sure, hey, maybe you're right, but you know, I think that's the reason why I've never really agreed with film critics um in general is because even though sometimes I do agree with them I think they just don't uh they they watch too many movies all at once and they don't have they don't it, they don't have time to let certain things sink in as as well you know I I feel like I, I know it's just a that's kind of a tough thing to do I mean what can you say I mean it is a boy. How that is a real. Uh, it's especially with uh, theater. I gotta say too, everything is hinging on on just you know that one performance that that critics at you know, and it's like I boy, guess that's so, too bad. I'll tell you this though, Phantom of the Opera. It wasn't the best reviewed musical of all time. In fact, it got some pretty harsh critiques from certain reviewers, and um, but did it get good reviews from other crit- reviewers? It got a few good re- reviews. Well, then how but did the, it do the well? thing about it Oh, it's because Andrew Lloyd Webber was already established. Andrew Lloyd Webber was already an established name, and it's all about the audience. I guess the audience is the best critic sometimes, and the audience really loved the musical and continue to love it, and that is why it's, but how has did it has such staying power. How did it... Uh, was it just like word of mouth then, is what you're saying, or what? I don't know. I mean, that could be a thing. You know, Rocky kind of started getting big because of word of mouth, I think, hey, right? Oh, Rocky Horror Picture Show started getting big because or of word of mouth. Or maybe Rocky. Uh, didn't that get word, word of mouth kind of a thing? It's interesting. I was listening to Cicely Niebert review Rocky Horror Picture Show, and they were saying that they were talking about how it's really not that good of a movie. And some of the, like a couple of the songs are kind of catchy, I guess. It, it isn't. I'm, I agree. that It's not that good of a movie. Although maybe movie. I should rewatch it from a different because i think if i I rewatched it my perspective of it would be different actually because when i watched it back when i did i didn't maybe fully appreciate and understand the genre it was trying to emulate maybe but i do i don't know um i do think the performances are good and i think tim curry is very good in that role Sure, sure um but they were talking about how you know cuz they were reviewing it because it was re- it was released at that time when they were reviewing it on video VHS and they thought well what's the point of watching this on VHS you should go to one of the midnight showings they said that's where you're going to truly get the experience for Rocky Horror Picture Show because it it's about these people enacting out the scenes and and just being a part of that party And that's what the fun, kind of the fun lies. Oh, maybe they're they're partially right. Maybe they're partially right. And so they were saying that, um, the movie itself is not that great, but going to see a midnight showing and experiencing that whole thing is actually a good experience and it's fun. And they had gone themselves and, um, (laughs) <laughs> I do think some of the music is pretty catchy. I mean, the Time Warp is a catchy, catchy song. You know, yeah. anyway. Song. Also, you know, damn it, Janet, I love. Or, you. A song. and touch it, touch it, touch it, touch me. Also, what, what's the one that uh, uh, Meatloaf sings? Is that uh, that was that, that a was good, good one, or one? I don't that, remember. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, we let's are get, we are we went way off. We're way overdue. Way overdue. But let's talk about change uh, slash growing up. Now, this is Nikki talking, and I. I've always felt and I've kind of come change, re- change. realize no, it I'm I've come it. to realize it more as I get older um, probably because I'm moving more away from being young um than I ever have before <laughs> is that <laughs> I okay. there's part of me that I it's hard for me to accept uh not only growing up but change um in that you know and i'm very self aware of it all the time now where even when i'm at work and um you know i'm talking even with my interactions with somebody i'm like oh i'm talking to them as if i am an adult and technically i am an adult but part of me feels like man they're just talking to some boy here that's like the person i'm talking to is talking to a boy who is me and you know, because I look in the mirror and I think to myself, wow, I do look young, you know. I really do look young. But and, yet, and do I look young still? You do, Max, you do. But I'm looking older. No, Max, <laughs> but you look very young for your age. And it's just, it's, I'm always very self-aware of the idea that, wow, some people might perceive me as an adult, yet I do not perceive myself as an adult. And it's very... Hard to comprehend, or sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of uh, uh, bring together. What, what's the word um, I'm looking for, Max? You know, less. Uh, no. Know. Uh, oh, I'm, that's getting on the right track. Um, uh, reconcile. Reconcile. There it is. Reconcile. Oh, quite that quite idea. Thing, but- you know, that people, other people who don't know me, might view me as an adult, but I don't view myself as an adult. And I think the people closest to me, um, EG, my family might not quite view me as an adult, especially my siblings, you know? Well, I think of myself as a young adult, right? A young adult, but uh, you know, meaning like like, talking about Nancy drew mysteries, young adult for young adults. I don't like the idea. Is that for young adults or something? Part of me is sort of, um, Maybe you cut that out. <laughs> I like the idea of being a part, uh, uh, being in my youth. I don't like the idea of growing up necessarily because it means change, and uh, we fear change. No, um, I just there's something about it. I, I don't know. I, I can't. Put well, my that's why we're having this discussion. It's just I, I think- don't. I don't like the idea of saying goodbye. I guess I'm. I, I get emotionally attached. To um, certain the, time to, in my to, life, certain times in my life, and the way things were and the way things are, and I don't want to say goodbye to those things. Well, you know? I think part that, of it is time because points of my life, perhaps because I mean, this is probably a positive thing: is that you've enjoyed those times in your life so much that you actually don't want to say goodbye to those things. You know, um, part of it for me, I will say, what I do fear about change is, well, at least growing older is there are certain goals that I would like to have attained, have attained by now in my life that I haven't. Um, and I am constantly trying to, you know, I think, I think to myself, okay, well, uh, hopefully in the next year that'll happen. And, you know, it's as you get older and older, it's like, well, okay. I mean, how many, how, I guess you just keep selling that to yourself sort of, you know, well, but that, it, that, it, that's it just becomes that, that, that I would argue that, your idea of 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 not wanting to accept growing up more has to do with your level of success in life. That's not true. And, that I'm not. Well, finished. That's what you're saying. No, it, with regards to th- that aspect, yeah. Uh, but I think part of it is, well, yeah. I mean, part of it is you know, you know, we do acting stuff, and there's certain roles and and. Thing ways i want to look actually i suppose physically for certain parts uh that I, if you get old, too old you just can't play those parts anymore um but then i guess you could also just think in a positive note hey there's certain you could play other parts then but i guess particularly it's just it, it pertains to some specific works that i've done you know made that require me to be a certain age. That I will say That's part of why, I, I mean, I guess for... Fizz- I mean, I'm looking and listening to you right now, Max. Looking at you and listening to you right now, and I'm thinking, this is not a man. <laughs> I mean, I, I just... we Even the way we act with each... Max and I live in the same apartment, and just even the way we act with each other, it's just... It's not like two adults interacting with each other it's kind of more like two young adults or even even two kids interacting with each other in a lot of ways um which is fine and which is i don't know just the idea of growing up it's it's a sad thing well like, I, think no I think no one like should like ever if, fully grow up i guess part of it is maybe perhaps you have a certain perception of what it means to be an adult Nikki. And I think maybe when you get to that point where you feel like you're an adult, I think maybe you'll never get to that point because you'll realize that all adults actually maybe are on some level immature actually. And they have some immaturity left in them. And I think those who have to act like an adult maybe have have a kid. And they have to act more mature than the kid that they're, you know, you know, they're looking after. And part part of it is probably they still act that way when they're not around that kid. It's just your perception of that. And I think another another aspect. You say of it is, that. Hold on. Let me let me finish. Another aspect of it is I think people often feel. I bet there's a cert, there's that child left inside of them that you know, is still there. And when I say that child, I suppose suppose there's a certain unfiltered quality about people that, uh, as you get older, you tend to put up a wall, uh, in front of that unfiltered child in you. And because people have a perception of how they're supposed to act when they're an adult. And I think, uh, oftentimes they feel, and I think this is related to people drinking is that they're, the only way that they feel comfortable with letting that quality of them, that sort of, I don't want to say genuine, but there's a certain genuine quality or I like to say unfiltered quality um, because genuine, that's a hard, that's a, that I can quibble with that word, but well, for lack, for lack of a better word, a certain genuine quality about somebody uh, that people aren't willing to let out I, a vul- I'm sorry here's the good word a vulnerable quality that people aren't willing to uh explore unless they're and the inebriated. excuse unless they're inebriated and they feel like oh that's an excuse for them to get to that that point and I don't like that and, and I think when people are because I think people have a perception of of how they're supposed to act when they're an adult and they're not they're not supposed to be they're, they're guarded you know they feel like they can't Explore They're that inhibited that uh, that um, that childlike quality in them because they feel like that maybe the way the because soci- they associated, they associated so, that, that the way society that vulnerable quality the way, with being a child no, and they the feel way, like they can't the way society do that has told them uh, an adult should act that's what is I'm saying the way they act that's what I'm saying um, that's uh, what I'm saying so um it, and it's unfortunate you know um, now. Um uh I, but I kind of And that's why you, I kinda disagree, Max, that um the older I get the more I'll realize that what is being an adult is never really being an adult. I kinda disagree with that in the sense that there are people my age, there's somebody my age specifically that I'm thinking of right now that I'm like I, I think I look at him and I think, this is an adult. He's the same age in years as me, but he acts more like an adult than i do you know um he's like married who? he is married uh, you don't know the person but he is married and that that might have something to do with it but he's an adult and i'm you know I, i'm still a i kind of act more like a kid you know i i carry myself more like a kid than than this person and maybe that has something to do with maybe my physical form, you know. But um I will say that you know I, I I do especially feel like the people that are closest to me if they ever have kids that that will be a, a sign of them really growing older and growing up and that is truly sad for me because I think that once they have a family we will not and this has something to do with change too. We will not have those good times that we have. And I'm speaking, of course, of me and my siblings, you know. Um, once our older siblings, if they ever have kids... Um, well, what about your younger sibling? Or I don't know, have a younger not sibling. Your, I I'm, mean... Uh, or... Uh, no, I'm not... Or the, I, 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 don't I know mean, we're so that. far away from that. But if Max ever had a kid, you know, I'd be like... It'd be a really sad thing where... Um, you know, we would just we couldn't not, do this kind of thing and anymore. We couldn't do this kind of thing on a regular basis. I mean, I guess we could, but you know, it's just a it's a sad thing to think about. Where you have to, you're kind of forced to grow up, quote unquote, grow up, and you can't have those fun times staying up late at night with your siblings as often as you did before you had kids. Right, and there's you know. Uh- I just think back to uh, a Christmas we had uh, not too long ago, maybe 2011, I think it was. And we're already all, at, you know, at least young adults at that point, right? But we all played with these Nerf guns on Christmas morning and it was so much fun and we were like kids playing, you know? And I just thought, boy, I don't think we'll ever be able to do that again anymore. You well, know? Uh, we won't be able to, to do that it once one of the siblings has a kid you right know? like right, that that right. won't happen you know unfortunately right um now you know if i ever get married you know i don't know if i ever will get married you know i i, I do feel like actually living with somebody is good enough um but if yes e- you can talk e- even about. if never, i get to that point of of finding that lifetime significant other um that soulmate Homer. Well, Um, people live with each other. They don't have, but once I find that person, I I feel like even that will be such a significant point in my life where I guess that, that will be kind of like growing up and uh, that's interesting to me. You know, that's interesting and kind of uh, something like the idea of which makes me feel uncomfortable. Um okay, explore that more. Why does that make you feel uncomfortable? That's what this whole well, discussion is about. I suppose it's not just about that, saying what makes you feel I, uncomfortable. I suppose because it's actually bring it, the the thought of it brings me out of my comfort zone. My comfort zone being living either by myself or living with my siblings or being able to hang out with anybody whenever I want, you know? Right. Um and so being with somebody else you don't you're you're re- restricted on some level and i guess that kind of change is very significant uh, for that reason actually that you can't do whatever you want and with anyone you have who you you know with anyone who you want you know you have to run it by your that significant other that's kind of an interesting idea you know right right right, right, right. um but, i mean but it's not okay, just but that's, that. It's not just that. So that's change. That's. Uh, it's not just that though. But it's. You know. I, I don't know. I mean, there's just there's. I, I've got issues. I guess you know. I mean, the whole idea of like. I, I don't know. Just having like somebody married to me. This boy. This boy who is me. I mean, that is just like you know r- ridiculous yeah. no yeah i mean what do you got to say for yourself what do you think well i mean i just think you know someday i might get married but not anytime soon i think a part of it yeah is there's certain aspects and i'm going to c- go at this from a, a career spec perspective again uh there's a lot of things i want to accomplish um in my career that i, I just wouldn't I wouldn't want to have to run that by somebody else, you know, and uh, it just it would be a nor would I you know? would you want to burden that other person with uh, right these exactly that it you wouldn't be to fair to that person it you wouldn't know? be you you wouldn't be paying enough time attention to that person and sure, giving them enough time sure you know um, you know it's a uh, you know no I don't tell me well, no I already just said you know. <laughs> Uh well, anyway, uh, it's not just okay, so there's that, but also change let's talk about a little bit more about change in other people well, that are we, we don't like. are we finished pretty much on on the idea of growing up well, I mean well, I guess certain change does have to do with growing up, as you said um okay, so well, we're okay, talking about change, of, and there's one specific let, let example finish. I want to talk Wait, about Wait, let me just finish yeah. so part of growing up, as we said. Is seeing others change around you, and that's something I don't like. Uh, or I, it's not that I don't like it; it's that I, uh, I, you know, become nostalgic, and you know, well, and I, I guess I just people change. I have a heart, as you said. There's something <sighs> I have such good times with that those moments in my life that it's hard to give those up. I suppose people, you know? certain people, change and I noticed this a lot in high school, I guess, and in college, certain people change as a consequence. Okay, but that's not just, certain people change, certain people change as a consequence of, of how societal, uh, how societal, uh, pressures or societal norms, what, what it deems as cool or hip, um, that will cause somebody to change. and, Often for the worse because they will lose that sense of innocence in them, that sense of uniqueness. Okay, hold on. You keep you always refer to the sense of innocence in them. What do you mean by that? You have to define what you mean by well, that. Well, when I because say Max, please, okay. Nikki, I just, c- just, I just, I just, I, I just, I, I I ch- just ch- did. I just did no, define it. That no, sense of uniqueness. That Nikki, sense of genuine, of It's not a word. I. You can you. That's fine to say that. I mean, it's but not- yes, it is. What I mean, innocence, though, I'm. You're not allowing me to do that. A you're lot saying, of people you're saying, might, What do I mean by that? No, and I'm about to do that. I'm I know, about but, to explain. Al- know, I'm about to explain what that I know. Means. But I'm just saying you have to explain yourself because for a lot of people, when you say losing your innocence, that's not a bad thing for them. Okay. Okay. Now explain. Well, I am about to. If you wouldn't need to even have said what you just said, if you had allowed me to explain no, what I was going to. Well, the problem is. I always wanted to say something before you were saying all this and you just continued no, on your merry you, way and You know why? Anyway. Because I kept listening to you talk and I didn't want to forget what I was gonna say. I know that I'm but you always do that and it's not allowing uh, you think I'm not gonna forget for some reason. That's well, not fair. Maybe know, we, we should take have notepads like they do on during the debates, you know? Okay, but so can you I, don't forget. But I, I wanted, I you just wanted just, to you say want, can I just define you fine, asked me to go ahead when i mean innocence and maybe i'm not using the word right i'm saying i'm i'm referring to innocence as that genuine quality about you that makes you makes you special as mr rogers would say you are special and you know and nobody in the world is like you and i think when you are trying to be like somebody else you lose that innocence there there's an innocence about you that when you are innocent you're not trying to be like anybody else. And that's what I mean. I think what you mean is a sense of vulnerability. No. Yeah. Not yeah. vulnerability. It's, no, it's not a sense of vulnerability. It's a sense of... The ability to be vulnerable. No, it's not that, though. It's the ability to be yourself. Vulnerable. So many people don't aren't able to do that. It's the ability to be vulnerable. No, you're not using the word vulnerable Right. I don't think you understand what vulnerable means. Actually. I don't think you know what under- I'm I, Nikki, this is going to make you sound stupid right no, now. No, vulnerable means you know, just you're you're able to let your guard down. It's like you're yeah. you're not putting up any walls and you're you're allowing people to see you for who you really are. There you go. <laughs> I, I know, but yeah, I guess you're right. Sure. Okay. I, I, that's what I'm saying is, it's a certain unfilteredness about you. You don't care about what anyone thinks. And basically. so when you are like innocent, a, kid, when when you're you're a kid, when you're a kid and you're innocent, you don't care about. Well, that's not entirely true, but uh, well, it's not entirely true because kids do care in a way. But there is a there's much less so. Like for instance, the, there's the 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 famous. You know, the story of the, the king in his new clo- clothes... What is it called? I forget what the it Emperor's is. Emperor's New Clothes? The Emperor's New Clothes. The Emperor's New Groove. Right, no, but the Emperor's New Clothes, the innocent kid who didn't have... who wasn't... didn't have a sense of prudence or anything... Uh, Dear prudence. Uh, who didn't... Uh, who was unfiltered and didn't have this idea of how he should act in front of the emperor everyone was trying to be uh, a yes man a yes man and placating what the king you know wanted and everything and uh, and the emperor wasn't wearing any clothes and people thought oh this is a great style for you and the kid finally says you're not wearing any clothes because he was innocent and didn't have any idea or concept of how he should act you know uh, and finally they in lied li- In lied there in lied. There in Lied. Therein lay the truth. And it was revealed finally to the king. Hey, I'm not wearing any clothes. And that was the beauty of it all, you know? Uh ignorance is bliss sometimes, you know, I will say. Um it is, but I don't agree with Well, it is actually bliss. Ignorance is bliss. But it's not a good thing. It's not well a good quality all, all the time. Actually, well, most th- of the time, it's not a good quality. Well, it's not a good quality for the person that is to a, to the person that is not ignorant. But to the person that is ignorant, why do they care? I know. But sometimes I look at people and I just think, wow, they're so ignorant of how people actually view them that it's just it's interesting i i don't understand how like there's certain people like the way they uh they way they act and this is coming from my experience in the past working in a restaurant they don't they're so ignorant about how they act in public that it's just it's it's crazy to me that they don't realize that i just it's it's right. it's like okay that kind of ignorance it's it's not Bliss, I don't think it's just sure. Yeah, okay. I take that with a grin. It's all obviously. And it's, it's just, obvious obviously you should take what Nikki's saying with a not uh, take don't take it to heart completely when he says that he doesn't like seeing somebody lose their innocence because uh because obviously if you're old enough you should be able to understand how you're supposed to carry yourself in public, you know. I mean sure. you can't just act like a kid. But you know, you know your formative years, you know, you're, as a teenager, as an adolescent, you know, you start to really be, uh, affected by, again, what, what our culture and what society deems as cool. And you will, cha- uh, you see kids change according to those ideas and those, um, those principles, I guess. And it's unfortunate sometimes, you know, I remember in high school, I remember this kid, he, was totally dressed and he acted a totally different way our freshman year. And by the time he was a senior, he was, he dressed in these baggy clothes and the way he talked even changed, you know? Like the way he talked was very, uh, the point is this kid, he changed. He changed from um, just this innocent kind of seemingly sweet boy to this hardened criminal. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, he looked at, he acted like that though. He acted and and looked like that. And that was a sad thing to see. Even though he wasn't actually a criminal, he just, he acted like he was trying to be cool, you know? Right. And I, and I guess when you act so often as if you're trying to be cool, you become that way. And you become phony in a way, in a way you don't even realize. I actually. guess what it comes down to is... What you're trying to say, Nikki, is always tr- be true to yourself. I mean, basically, it's sad to see somebody change. It is kind of it always is. Uh, you don't want to see somebody lose their innocence too early. That's always a bad thing because that's something that you only have you only have it once in your life, you know. And uh, if you if if a child is to, if their innocence is taken away from them, it's, it is a sad thing to, for that to happen because they'll never be able to get that back. You know, um, now, and that's the that's one of the big qualities of being a kid is to have a, your your innocence. That's kind of way- actually one of the beauties of of the movie Forrest Gump. Is there? It is like this, this grown kid in a way. This grown up kid. He's he experiences the world as if he were a kid, even though he's an adult, you know? And again, he's sort of ignorant. And I guess that is, it is bliss. I guess that's the point of that movie in a way. Right? Sort of. Um, I mean, because you, you look at, she is, he's often compared to the Jenny character who's very hardened and has experienced so many rough things that she's forced to lose her innocence from an early age. And, um, Wait, she loses her innocence in an early age? What happens again? Yeah, I mean, her father, you know, was abusive. and Right. You know, it just, different circumstances lead her to lose her, you know, just anything childlike about her from an early age. And Well, I mean, there's also a whole, it's also just looking, it's not just that, but she's also another person from his life, from his early, from his childhood that grew up, I mean, obviously she had these hardships in her life, but she also was more of a normal person than he was, you know. He obviously had a disability, you know. Right. So but he always retained a, a certain sense of being uh ignorant because he wasn't able to grow beyond that in a way. You know? Right. But I think the point of the movie is that he was able is, to he was is, able to get even though he was mentally kind of, he was he had a disability he was it, still able to get maybe more happiness out of so life so yeah than, his in, in a way was, he was you know? almost more emotionally mature than most people um because he was able to he he's, he's able he's to, find able to have a it, positive you know? outlook on life no matter what and that's a beautiful thing you know and that is uh something that most people cannot get past even including myself actually you know unfortunately. Um, Wait, now, uh, so what do you see now? I forgot what I wanted to say before. Uh, well, think about it. <sighs> see? Well, you know, the conversation has changed. Well, maybe now, in the future, you should let me continue to talk before interrupting. Well, it's likewise. No. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, so, another thing I wanted to say was yeah, so seeing other people change. Uh I do remember I recall one some somebody in high school one time, I, I saw him drink for the first time and I saw him drunk for the first time and I, I I didn't like that feeling. I didn't like seeing that happen. And I know that was eventually gonna happen, you know. There were, as a lot of happens to a lot of kids, you know, hey, what if he wants to do that, that's fine, you know, go ahead. If that's that's what he wants to do. The problem as I As long as it's not of hurting anybody else. Right. Now, or as long as it's not hurting himself, too. Right. Um, and we can kind of quibble with whether or not, you know, alcohol is doing that. But hey, look, that's going to happen, you know, that he's just exploring and okay, experimenting okay, life. Okay, okay, uh, okay. But there was something sad in seeing that because he did still look young, you know, and he still looked like a child, and yet he was drinking. And The man with a child in his eyes. And there was something uh, like, oh, God, I'm seeing this... Right before my eyes, the, the innocence go, being taken away from this child, really. Sure. And look, you know, in high school, he, people still look like kids, you know. But, hey, there was something sad in seeing that. Uh, and I think part of it was just... Part of it was, wow, this thing that existed once will never be again. That It's a very sad thing. And that, I, I guess that's why it, it's sad to me. I guess that's why change... Why I guess we have a hard time dealing with change is these things that are in your we life. Are, we we the, we're uh, sentimental. I, let, let me finish what I'm saying. These things that have existed in your life will never happen again, and that's I guess it's a tough thing to deal well, with. You I know? think some, people, especially when they're, especially when they're good things. You know, some people don't have as as a hard of a time with letting go of that as we do but i think in general why we, is that we are more sentimental i don't know why no are uh, we more sentimental I, mean, I don't know about that i do think so actually i, I, I don't think, know about that. We, are, we we have a bond with a strong bond with nostalgia and and but well, why do you think and that is place a lot of sentimental value on a lot of Material things, but not just material things, but well, I, don't on know actually about that. True I don't know about that. I don't know about that, you know. But I don't know about that. I mean, I don't know about material things, but well, not material things, but sort of what the average or what the outside viewer might consider as trivial or, um, kind of oh, sure, sure. You know, we save a lot of our papers from that's true. That is high school true, and stuff that like is that, true. because we. We place these sentimental attachments to, we have these sentimental attachments to these things because in a way, this is, we like to look at this, these things as part of our lives, you know, and we don't want to throw away part of our life, part of our past. Again, we're not hoarders though. I mean, we're not hoarders, but, um, but there are certain things that, hey, I put a lot of work into these things and it's like, I don't want to just throw away that memory, I guess, I suppose, you know, it's like... But that's a different subject, I guess, we're talking about now. But uh, why is it that other people are are more eager and willing for change than, I guess, we are? Why do you think that is? Is it because of... Maybe they're truly unhappy. I don't know. Or maybe they... uh, I think because, well, I mean, some people... at at least I can say this about maybe it's because we have a A lot of teenagers is they're in a rush to grow up and I've always had a hard time grasping with that idea. Even what, since I was in high school, the idea that, you know, even some of my friends, you know, that who had known all my life, they were in a rush to grow up and I didn't like that idea. And so maybe part of me is a rebel against the idea of, of, wanting to rush to grow up because of that. Well, I don't know about that. I guess part of me did also want to hang out with the older people, though, at the same time. That is true. That were older than my friends because uh, on another level, while I wanted to be, while I didn't care much for the change, I guess part of me also did like the idea, I felt on a maybe... Part of me felt more immature, but part of me felt much, much more mature, actually. Sure. uh, On a more intellectual level, I guess, you know? It takes a lot of sophistication to be able to understand uh, a level of immaturity, you know? (laughs) You sound like you're turning your own horn big time. No, I'm just saying that in general. Well, in any event, I think... uh, I don't know. I I think part of why... Well, yeah, part of it is, yes, these things that happen will never happen again, and that's always a sad thing because, you know, it's like, I mean you know, life just continues on, you know, it's not going to stop. So it's, but, and it's just, it's a sad thing that these things don't happen anymore. But, because, you know, because these are, especially if they're good times. Now you could welcome change if your life wasn't very good at certain moments in your life. You're like, well, thank goodness I have changed. This that change happened, you know? Sure. I, I I'm kind of glad I don't go to school really, anymore. You know? I really I, want there to be some big changes for me this year. Sure. I mean, definitely. Sure. Um, so i welcome with open arms uh change but not change for in in the actual person who i am you know but in my circumstances yes um now one last thing i i do want to talk about how change in in sort of a grander scheme and in, in, in more of a universal way no but wait hold okay, on okay i, I just, guess we don't want to you don't want to end this episode hold on soon. i just I, wanted I really to do i want just to. wanted to finish that one that one point you were saying you're claiming that other people don't seem to care that much about uh about change i guess as much as as we do uh, I don't know if that's true, you Nick. Know, yeah, what I think are you talking you just, about if they don't care about change as much? I, I didn't say that ever. No, I never no, said no. that. You're saying people are much more willing to let go uh, of something, I guess. Are you saying that—why well, do you think that is? <laughs> what are you talking about? No, it just seems like more people than not are in a rush to grow up, you know? Well, that was They're, in the past— but what? i think that's a that's a that's a big part for a lot of people you know they wanna they wanna be older somehow you know that's that's a big thing <sighs> in teenagers okay, you know? i i don't know what you're trying to get at right now well i think before you had said that uh well for instance you're saying we we personally place more emphasis in on on nostalgia and you're saying than what other people why do you, you how do you know that about other people why do you think that it's so that's so um, because I see how people interact with our society and technology changing. Uh, well, they don't, I don't know. People don't know. It's true. People don't... Even the idea that people are so readily uh, accepting of technological advances, which I am too, but they go full force into it, you know, just the idea that smartphones are so prevalent in our society even with older people is get, makes me have the idea that people are not as nostalgic as we are the idea that we have uh, we own flip phones you know there's there you can't help you can't deny the idea that part of the reason is for nostalgia it's not it's it's not well <sighs> It's is. not for nostalgia. Deep down, deep down inside, part of it is nostalgia. No, it's not. I disagree. It's not about oh, can't we go back to an older time? That's not why it is. Actually. It's not about can we go back to an older time, but can I hang on to this older thing that I I place in some sort of emotional value on? No, no. How I, long can I hang on to it's it? It's not. For? It's not a nostalgic thing, though. It's something that I uh, there's certain personal feelings I have towards. Uh, Well, maybe smartphones that, no, I think are, that aren't, uh, there's negative associations there actually. No, but you have an attachment to the actual flip phone that you have right now. That's why you haven't bought another flip phone is because you have a nostalgic feeling about this particular phone. That's true. I do, I do have, you're right. You're right. You're right. Well, just because I've had so many experiences with it. But it's not, but it's not just, it's not me trying to like, uh, I don't know if nostalgia is the right word. It's more like, uh, it is, it's like, it's like trying to hold a record go. It's like, how long can I go with this thing? No, I just don't agree with that. I, I just think that if you truly felt that way, you would just push, put that aside and still hang on to it, but you would get something new. No, that, it's more like, how long can I keep using this for? Yeah, I just, I don't think that that's fully the reason, you know? No, because if it were just a nostalgic thing, Nikki... I'm not saying it's just a nostalgic thing, but I'm saying that's a part of it. Uh, maybe it's a part of it, but certainly that's not a main reason, because otherwise, then I would put it aside and hold on to it, you know, for fear of it breaking or something happening to it. Do you understand? Yeah, I just... um I don't know. I do think that that's a part of the reason. I don't know if that's true actually. I Maybe do. for you. I do think Max that I don't in ag- general people I don't agree. Uh, I even if you look at if you there's a lot of adults that I just have observed and they <laughs> they just don't seem to care about uh as much about things from the past, you know. And I'm not saying that I, I'm not, I'm totally down for progress, but they don't care. And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about like politics. I'm talking about like, for me, art. Um, This is why we value okay, the 80s show so, so much, but. It's not, I, that isn't, that's not a nostalgic thing though. That's just actually viewing. It's not like, oh, why can't things go back to the way they used to be? It's more like, oh, I can recognize the, Aesthetic value in this piece of art, actually, in but, that way, why I think. And that but does that be used not today. cause you to be more nostalgic for older times, though? Not necessarily. No, I don't. There's a lot about the older times that I don't think we should. I, I, but that like, doesn't. That, for instance, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll just use an example of, of, of. Uh, I'll just use this example of smartphones again. It's not that I, I I long for the old times when these things could have happened. It's more like I want these things to happen currently, like people having a face-to-face interaction in a restaurant without having their phones on the tables, why are their phones on their tables to begin with? If they're, they came there with their friend to talk, why are their phones there? It bothers me, for one, just because they're not talking to each other, and it's just like this anticipation of them using the phone, and I I, I despise that. It's not It's not like, oh, God, I wish things were back... Yes, I wish things were. I'm backwards. not talking about in that just sense, Yes, I not wish not things were back the way they were older. I'm not just talking not, about it's phones. It's not because uh, it's not because like I long for the old days. It's more like I dislike what's happening with. What's I'm not in the talking about with that. You know, I'm not talking about technology anymore. I'm talking about art. Um, okay, but your example before was not a good example. No, yes, it was. No, it's not. I'm talking about art. I'm talking about we look at art from the past a lot from the 80s, actually, uh, and we place a lot more... We, you and I, personally, place a lot more value on it than things currently. I think we always do that. Actually, as a society, we do that, but I think we do more than most, um, Not, I think partially because we are artists ourselves. Yeah, but it's not about a... I don't think of it as a nostalgic thing like... I don't place sentimental value on those things. Like I don't think of it from a, in an emotional way. Like you do in the sense that you recognize that things, a lot of art was better back I know, then, and, I, and it it makes you long for maybe not that time, but a resurgence of that kind of thing. Not necessarily. I don't think that things should be exactly like that now. Otherwise, because I do like progress, I just think there are certain qualities from those things in the past no. that people don't recognize were good and that should be continue to use. But Ugh. in new and innovative ways, people can do that. Otherwise, because I always think things oh. should progress. Otherwise, you're not getting nowhere in life, you know? Whether or not we're talking about nostalgia or not, I think we both, more than a lot of other people, dis or are uncomfortable with the change because we have an emotional attachment to things from the past. Um and we have a stronger emotional attachment to things from the past than others do, I think. I think. That's based on my own observation. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's how how I feel about it. Now, um how can we look at this well, in a I grander think, okay let me just I wanna I, I don't know if I agree with you saying that more than other people because I think as a one one of my comp- one of my compositions teachers once said your art that you create is your relationship to the past it, within that field and I think for instance he that man himself had an attachment to the past but using the past to create something new okay but I think that we look most Uh, Many people in this world are just not readily uh, willing to or just not willing to analyze not just their lives, but our progress in as a society. They don't they they're not they don't care to do that, unfortunately. It's an unfortunate thing. And um, I think that's why most people this is what I observe. Well, they also this is what I observe is most people don't. Have an attachment as strong of an attachment to the past because they don't care as much about analyzing how we progress or progress as a as a society. I think that's maybe perhaps why we are maybe a little hesitant towards change because we do have perhaps. I mean, not to toot our own horns, but we do analyze things more. And because of that, we have a stronger. We don't just analyze things; we overanalyze things sometimes, right. especially you, Max. Oh, especially me, Max. But uh, I think that's probably why, even with the past, we've analyzed a lot, and I think maybe that's why we have a stronger, maybe a stronger attachment to the past. And for that reason, why it's harder to, uh, to a grasp to, uh, to, uh <laughs> it's harder to tackle change i guess now i just do want to approach this on a universal level a little bit more or a global level um or a nationwide level actually um you know Nation we're talking about is on your we're, side we're, we're in a bit of a uh, crisis right now in our country um where the country is more divided than it's ever been probably since the civil war actually um excuse me and um that's not true what do you mean that's not true you think that people weren't divided in the 60s in the 60s man um i think uh maybe you're right um i mean are you kidding me look especially with the vietnam war it's like I mean, obviously, civil rights was one thing, but also in the Vietnam War, there was people divided on that issue greatly. I think most people were against the Vietnam War. I think most people that... I I think that it was very few people that were for the Vietnam War at a certain point. At a certain point, but there was a point when people were like... I don't know. I'm not sure, actually, to be honest.
1: No,
0: there were some people, like in suburban or rural or middle America, that were, Exactly. Were You're saying f- for... It's true. If you watch that movie, Born on the Fourth of July, uh, what's his name? Ron Koufax. He was this all-American boy that he wanted to fight for his country, so he joined the Vietnam War, and then he did get, I think, paralyzed from the waist down, and he... uh It wasn't until after his experience in the Vietnam War did he realize how unnecessary his experience in the Vietnam War was and how uh fruitless the American involvement in the Vietnam War was. And so I know but, but what's I your point? My point is that there were a there were a lot of these kinds of uh, kids, you know, Ron Koufax, he grew up in in Long Island, yeah. you know, it's uh, there are these kids in suburban America, or not just kids, but people who Maybe we're not aware or as informed of of the going on much like what time much like now exactly exactly that's what I'm saying, but okay, you're right, no exactly but look we're a much more divided country uh than ever before in my lifetime, at least, po- uh, politically, for sure, and um, uh, I mean, and the, I, the political spectrum is—I mean, the 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 two parties, unfortunately, it's just two parties that are really dominate in this country. But okay. they're so polar opposite. Okay, but right this now. is it's crazy. Wh- uh, okay, I just—we don't need to go off on tangents at this late in the episode because we have to end this episode. Um, so you know this the these gun shootings these mass shootings have happened a lot lately and there is an uprising amongst the youth um to make this, a change happen right for for progress to happen and yeah in a major way actually yeah. um and i think for once i can actually agree with the idea that it is In our youth, that really we can see progress happen. Where where you actually can see how progress is really affected by our youth more than adult or more than not more than older people. You know? Yeah, I mean the kids. (laughs) The kids are all right. You know? Um, No. uh, uh, Yeah, I think this idea that. Again, see, this is a situation where we want change to happen. Uh, this is a situation where, again, I think it's it goes back to the whole analytical thing. I think part of it is uh, a lot of old farts out there, they're not analyzing. <laughs> farts. They're not thinking. They're not—they just want— Things the way they always were. Well, they are greedy always, actually. And and it actually really is yeah, you're right. It's all about greed. Well, yeah, it is. No, so this is the major point I wanted to make about this is um you know, before we were talking about how the youth and revolt. The, before we were talking about how um kids are not exposed to um these certain things, pieces of art from the past, and it's affecting Negatively, the way um, we progress in in our artistic capacity or how our youth progresses in an artistic capacity. but So keep that in mind. But the way our youth uh, progresses in a more political and societal capacity is actually a good thing, in my opinion. And we see that... For the most part. For the most part. For the most part. Not... This is not true, and uh, this is whole, has to do with the whole idea of political correctness and um, what you can and can't say. Um, sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes, sometimes it's, it's a good sometimes thing. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's not it a good thing. It becomes overbearing. But I, I think, do maybe. think that there is a good thing happening with the youth right now where it's youth on both sides of the aisle, I think, right now, yeah, um, I, n- that you know you you see these kids in Florida that are they're from Florida which is not the most progressive state progressive state and they're wanting to they're they're striving for change at least on gun control because just based on logic based you know? on logic and so and based on experience you know ba- or based on firsthand experience with the problem and so i think because the kids are not affected yet by um, by having a job or by the greediness of politics, which happens later on in life, they can, you know, help this country progress uh, better than the actual politicians them, themselves, actually. Right. Um, which is a good thing. Their youthful, innocent quality. No, right. I'm just kidding. I'm, I don't know. Um, <laughs> um so greed is not good. Greed is bad. Yeah, it, seemed, and, it seems un- to all to be attached to greed, actually. And the Republican Party actually seems to be, in my opinion, a party more or less based on the idea of greediness, of greed. Selfishness. Selfishness, actually, yeah. Well, we already established that in the past episode, actually, uh, our thoughts on I know that. Republicans don't won't like to hear that, but that seems to be... Sort of the principles of republicanism, I think, but, but, um, or kind conservatism, uh, yes, 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 um, uh, yeah, but anyway, any last thoughts? Because I really do think we got to end this. Well, I think, you know, there's a lot more to say on this issue and many other issues that we brought up in this episode, um, but just know, I guess, in conclusion, I got to say that, um, I'm not wholeheartedly opposed to change. I guess just part of me always, uh, I guess I, I, sometimes I have a hard time dealing with it because of an emotional attachment to the current situation I might be in or things that I I long for from the past that will, it's not about things that long for from the past. That's why I, I fear the change happening. It's things that, won't ever happen again, I think. And it's always a sad thing to see those things go. You know, if you look at a video of yourself when you're a baby, um, you look at that person, you think, wow, that person doesn't exist anymore, at least in the way that that person, I mean, you are that person, but grown up and you're not that that baby anymore. And that that baby doesn't exist anymore. And it's it's very sad to think about actually. Right. You you can't help but tear up a little bit. At least that's from my personal experience. You know, looking at old home videos of being right. Max, just you know, when we're like two years old. You know, I mean, it's there's there's an innocent quality about it. Sure. That I, yeah, there's something. It's not there's no jaded quality about uh, about these little the world kids hasn't anymore. beaten you down and and changed and you. So it's sad to think about the idea that. I guess the world has beaten you down. And well, or has just affected you and jaded you, you know, uh, and skewed your perception on things. Right. And that's what I mean by something... Th- I know so- it sounds depressing, and I don't want to sound that depressing it. Something that is innocent about. and hasn't been... Uh, ha- is, hasn't been affected by anything yet. And it, that's it's pure, the, the purest thing... Excuse me. I think that's why innocence is so valued is because it's something so pure. You know, it it's it's unadulterated by the world and it's a beautiful thing to see uh something that's unaffected by anything else, you know, and how how do they view things in their you know I, I sorry to end on an example but uh, what do you mean? Sorry to end an example. Well, like, was, you're gonna end it. Well, I was gonna say, yeah, why not? Because you ended the last episode. No, I didn't. But yes, you did. Uh, just there was a, you. You pointed it out one time before to me that there was a time when our mother got bought us these shoes that were no name right. brand shoes when we were four years old. they were Voits. They were Voits, and who? Who Voits? Have you heard of Voits? I heard of Voits. They were sold at Target. They were sold at Target and Big Five, I think, actually. But, um. We they weren't any name brand shoes, but the v- mere fact that our mother bought us new shoes. I remember, she surprised us with these new shoes, and we were so excited. We and joyous, were so happy and excited. No matter how much she bought them for, they were probably really cheap anyway. But we were so happy and just to see these see the new, these new shoes, and uh that made us really excited. And, and it was just and a thinking back years, on thinking back on that makes me really uh sad that uh that. Unadulterated joy can never be attained again. It seems to me that uh, this idea of—I well, still get that joy sometimes, but that is in its purest so form. You I know? get joy in thinking about those times, and or uh, I get sentimental about it. I guess right. You know? I also think about times just—we would have these little lunches outside on the deck in, in, in our home with our mom and on these old white chairs and, and, and tables. And and I, j- I have a, vi- a, a vague memory of going inside after one of these lunches because it was raining. And I don't know. I'm already starting to get sad thinking about it right now because I just think, oh, that'll never happen again. It's so sad, you know? I know. I mean, but, uh, hey, that's it, life. It's not, and it's not even that, I guess. And it was just not a couple I, years I, later that we would care about the name the name brand of our shoes, you know I mean? Right, and that's like, sad. And that's a sad thing, that even just going to elementary school would affect the way we viewed our shoes, you know? Right, right. Um, and so, I guess... I just guess, I guess a, we... Change, change, means we up, uh, change means you're becoming less pure. Growing up means you're losing means the purity, you know. You keep losing the purity of... Your former self, basically.
1: Um, and it's a
0: sad thing. And that's a sad thing to see it go, you know? But um, it's in, in the much the same way you view a loved one dying, you know? Uh, I think that's how I view why I, I fear, I, well, not fear, but why I'm so hesitant towards change is because uh, I view that thing about whatever current state I'm in, that purity. Well, that level of purity. Well, that level of purity, but it's not just that. It's also, It doesn't even have to forget about purity at this point. It's just whatever state that I'm in at that point, it's going to die, basically. in Like me viewing a person that I love dying, you know? Um, again, there could be states in my life, though, that I... Okay, Max. Uh, that I do want Max, to change. Maybe okay. there are times when right, I could be Max, depressed okay, and I want now, those now to be you're changing. Now you're overanalyzing. I could want those to now change. Now you're overanalyzing. And I, I want those to die, Yeah, Now you're overanalyzing. But, you, and, know, you, know, and, you know, when we need to end an episode, you just don't know how to end an episode ever. Well, I am feared the change in ending the episode. <laughs> just kidding. I don't know. No, stop saying fear change. That's the wrong word. I, I know you're say. right. We fear change, but I'm just kidding. No. Um, uh, by th- th- the truth- way, I'm quoting no. Wayne's World in case anybody doesn't know that. The truth is... You know, just when you're a kid, you don't have to worry about anything. And isn't that nice to not have to worry about anything? Right, because that's why pureness is good. Why couldn't you just because let it end on really that? Analyze- why couldn't you let us end on that? Because we didn't analyze why pureness was good. Max. Why is purity good? I don't know, but I want to go to sleep. <laughs> All right. For another time, we could talk about Purity. Innocence. Um, ah well that's fine. I'm gonna cut all that out. Just uh, why not? Why? You know. In it Um You know, when you're a kid you don't have to worry about anything else. And isn't that nice? To not have to worry about anything else? Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki. Tune in next time.